Welcome to episode number 13 of the Shoot Around podcast. How do you feel about 13, Mac? Um, there's a lot of players that wear number 13. Some of them are good, some of them are trash. Um, I'd like I'd- to hear your trash ones. Who's trash? Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, no. We're starting off hot. Mo- mostly, mostly Paul George. Um, he was better when he was number 24, I think. He, he was oh, channeling that, Kobe. Wow. Yeah. We could definitely talk about that. So, That's a good good uh, discussion. Were players better before they changed numbers? Number eight Kobe versus number 24 Kobe? I never even... Yeah, that's a good one, actually. That we'll bring that one. up at some point. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a good episode. I'd, I hadn't even thought of that. So thank you for bringing that into this. Improv is our specialty. But yeah, 13, uh, meh. I don't think it's a lucky number. Some people think it's unlucky. I don't think it's unlucky either. I think that's a load of bollocks. It's just like a line and then a squiggle. Like that's all that numbers are. Numbers are just like made up by someone who was just sitting there scribbling on a page one day and went, now that's number one. So, and words are just noises. That's right. We're starting deep. Organized noise. (laughs) Organized noise. That's actually, that is the definition of music. Did you know that? The definition of music is organized sound. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Anyway. Uh, we started sense. off with some really interesting facts for this episode, but that is not the direction we want to head. So uh, let's go through what there is to listen to in this episode of the Shoot Around podcast. Yeah. Uh, we're going to run through the Hall of Fame finalists that were announced through the week. There are a couple more trade rumors and a completed trade that came through this morning. Hamadou Diallo has been traded to the Detroit Pistons for Shvi Mikhailuk. Wow, that um, is a trade that nobody cares about. Blockbuster. Uh, we then have some quick power rankings to run through. Uh, we have our trash of the week and our hot take of the week. Um, the trash of the week may come as no surprise to anyone, Maka. Probably not. Uh, and then five most underrated and five most overrated players. Yeah, we're looking forward to that one. That one's real good. Uh, That's like a trash. current five overrated and five underrated. That's current. That's today. Yes. Who we think is overrated and underrated. And I wonder how similar our list will be because we haven't compared notes for this one. That's right. Not we try even, not to compare notes in these sort of situations. Um, mm. I'll bet you we're pretty close. We try to piss each other off, I think. <laughs> yeah, we will. I have. I've got one that'll really piss you off. I think um, I know who it's going to be too. Yeah? I want to hear your guess. Gonna, it's going to be a Raptor. Yeah? Kyle Lowry. I wouldn't do that to you. I okay. like Kyle. Um, I appreciate that. And then we have a little quiz. If we have some time, I have three questions for you, Maka. Same to you. I have a little quizzy boy for How you. How many questions you got? Three. Oh, perfect. Look yeah. at that. We matched up perfectly. Um, would you like to run through the socials? Absolutely. So um, as far as social goes, social media, you can reach us on Facebook and on YouTube uh, at the Shoot Around Podcast. Just search up those three words. Josh is actually on YouTube as well. Uh, he's Shoot Around Josh. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at Shoot Around Pod, at Shoot Around Josh, and at ShootaroundMac, that's me. Um, on Reddit, we're you slash ShootaroundPod. Real active on there. Yeah, super active. <laughs> um, incredibly active. Heading for some awards on Reddit. Same as TikTok. Uh, yeah, TikTok has been on fire. Killing. That's at ShootaroundNBAPod, key distinction there. And on Twitch, Josh has been setting the Twitch world on fire uh, at ShootaroundJosh again. I set a record for my uh, concurrent viewers the oh. other day. How many? Two. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Career high. It is. is. That's my career high. Almost your career high in minutes played as well. Wow. That's harsh. Why? What did I do to deserve that? Well- It's not my fault the audio wasn't working this morning. (laughs) 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 
Uh, you'll see that clip come out too. Oh, uh, I will try and get that one out pretty quick because that is real good content. That's quality content. It, it is. is. Um, so interesting news to come out today. Karis Levert will make his debut for the Pacers tomorrow. Yeah, I actually was really happy to see that news. Um, when they traded for Karis Levert, that was in the mix of the James Harden trade, which was a few weeks ago in January. Um and yeah, he was one of the nice pieces that's gone to the Pacers recently. I think he fits in well with that team. Yeah, and I'm they looking need forward him. to hit. Yeah, they need his offense. They yeah. need his creation. Yeah. I actually picked him to win sixth man of the year. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. It won't, but, but uh, it's a good pick. It depends on his role. Yeah, when he was in Brooklyn, he looked like he could be that. But now that he's in Indiana, they are going to be needing him because they're also missing TJ Warren, let's not forget, who was one of the bubble uh, MVPs, one of the Absolute bubble goats. Stand out. Bubble goat, um, bubble goat. He bubble, was like bubble, bubble, bubble Jordan. <laughs> bubble Jordan. I think he was like Bubble Jordan. But yeah, Karis Levert's coming back tomorrow, so keep an eye out for that. Um, not a whole other lot of reasons to watch the Pacers aside from Demontis Sabonis. Um, that's a bit of a hot take, actually. They're not that bad, but it's a real hot take. Keep an eye out for TJ Warren coming back later this year, hopefully, and Karis Levert coming back tomorrow. Well, it said real soon, and that was you know, about a month ago now. So yeah, I just keep reading things on Twitter and that from uh, various reputable sources that he'll be back tomorrow. Uh, TJ Warren. I'm talking about TJ Warren. Oh. So TJ Warren, they said he was coming back about a month ago and he still hasn't made his return. I guess there's no need for him yet. It's not like desperation time for the paces. Yeah. I hope um, they don't get like, I hope they don't make each other redundant. Warren and uh, Levert. I hope I that don't they think actually can, fit in together. Yeah, I don't think you can have them on the floor at the same time unless you move Warren to a more power forward role. He probably because, would be. I mean, at this stage, you can't really have Sabonis and Turner on the floor at the same time. It's tough. It is. Um, but at all times, anyway. What What have you got to run through? Because I know that you're more switched on than I am. Yeah, well, that's... Um that's okay. So what we've got here is the Hall Thanks, of Fame. <laughs> I didn't know what to say there. We've got the uh, Hall of Fame finalists were announced. Now, there was about eight to ten names there, um, including Bill Russell as a head coach, which uh, like everybody on Twitter was like, how is he not in the Hall of Fame yet? It's because he wasn't in as a head coach. He's obviously in as a player. He's one of the ten greatest players historically in the NBA, but uh, he's making it in as a coach now. Congrats, Bill Russell. The finals MVP award is named after him. Fun fact for everyone. Um, but yeah, so we're just going to focus on four guys uh, that most people would know the names of, I hope. First of all, Mr. Paul Pierce, uh, most famously known as the LeBron hater, the mad basketball player on ESPN. Um, the Oracle. <laughs> I guess. A very poor <laughs> Oracle. Um, the he, truth. What, are, what else does he call himself? The truth, yeah. Well, yeah. he didn't call himself that, actually. Shaq gave him that nickname. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the truth is finally making it to the Hall of Fame. Congratulations, Paul Pierce. Well-deserved. Um, I honestly thought for most of his career he was underrated. Uh, towards the end of his career, when he had Garnett and uh, Ray Allen for a short bit there on the team, that really bolstered him uh, to get into the conversation with best small forwards. Mm -hmm. He was for most of his career, but then after he started winning more, that really changed the conversation about him, fairly or unfairly. Um, he was an outstanding scorer, underrated defensive player, um, generally a pest for LeBron in a lot of different situations, from what I remember. What do you remember about Paul Pierce? Uh, great shooter. Yeah. That's, I think that's the thing that most people remember most about 
Paul Pierce is, uh, he had one of the cleanest shooting strokes of any player in the NBA. He had a deadly um, mid-range step back fadeaway, like deadly. He was one of the, like one of the pioneers, I think, into the modern game of, you know, the, that next generation of superstar like Clay Thompson and Set and Steph Curry. Um you know, being active shooters and and that being their sole purpose. I think he was like really a pioneer for that catch and shoot kind of player. Him and Ray Allen, at least on that Boston team. I would, yeah, I'd give that more to Ray Allen. Paul was definitely a creator as well, um, mm. but he was an outstanding shooter as well. I think later in his career, once that role diminished, yeah. uh, the later years in Boston, he took on more of a catch and shoot role. But look, um, yeah, I, I wasn't. I'm not a huge Paul Pierce fan, um, but like I just remember him, his his shooting stroke being one of the cleanest in the NBA, and still to this day, just yeah, you know, beautiful shot. His game ages pretty well, really and does. also like he was definitely a lethal closer, uh, one of the clutchest players in the league that didn't always get the recognition for it. I remember specifically, and I, I hate to bring this up, but in 2010, he hit a dagger game winner against Miami mm. in the first round. Uh, game three. So, congratulations, Miami. Um, that was a weird game if we're just going to run through that really quickly. Dwayne Wade got injured at the end uh, and wasn't able to help the team in the final possession. I, don't, I can't remember what exactly happened, but it looked like Miami was dead in the water after that, and they were. Um, but yeah, moving on, um, Chris Webber is a Hall of Famer now as well. Congratulations, C-Webb. Um, I think most younger generation fans would know him for his announcing uh, next to Marv Albert. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he has been carrying Marv Albert's corpse for a few years now through TNT announcing. Um, now his career, uh, I don't know if you know a lot about his career, Josh, but he was an all time great big man. Um, mm-hmm. He could play both power forward and center back when positions really mattered. Uh, he was an elite passer and playmaker at his position for mm-hmm. all the way dating back to college. Uh, he was actually kind of revolutionary in that regard because he was so keen to pass the ball, sometimes too keen. And yeah. that was a big knock on him was that he didn't take big shots in big moments. He would rather pass it off uh, and make a play potentially for someone else at best, but he wasn't really the game winner guy. He was like the 47 minutes and then 48th minute. Someone else needs to shoot. Um, but he's probably actually best known f- overall for calling timeout in the 93 NCAA finals. Yeah. Um, very infamous play. It was against North Carolina, Michigan against North Carolina. He called timeout when Michigan had no timeouts. It's one of the most famous basketball plays ever. Yeah. Uh, and then North Carolina ended up winning the game because of that. Um, the, the deficit was just too great. But uh, yeah, congrats to Chris Weber. Um, definitely deserving for his talent. Uh, he did have the accolades. He made a lot of like all NBA teams and stuff, but five time all NBA and five time all star. Yeah. He had one rebounding championship. Um, look, C Webb was one of the greatest to do it, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So certainly, yeah. Congrats to C Webb. Yeah. Uh, next we have Mr. Chris Bosch. Um, CB. Definitely one of the best Miami players of all time, one of the best Raptors of all time, um, and definitely deserving as well. One of the best big men of his generation, the most recent generation. Uh, came in in the same draft as LeBron, D Wade, Carmelo, Kirk Heinrich, you know, the all time greats. Um, he led Toronto to some playoffs for a bit there after VC had, had taken off from Toronto. And then in 2010, after having a career year, he decided to join the big three in Miami, 
um, where he's probably most known by the younger generation for helping them win two championships, making four finals out of four attempts. Um, What do you think of Chris? Well, unfortunately, he'll never be in those top lists because he had his career cut short yeah. Um, due to some uh, blood clots. That's right. Uh, he had a, a blood condition where his blood would clot regularly. It's really crazy. Um, it's insane that he, he played that long. And, yeah. you know, it, it just takes one of those incidents to, to cut a career short. Um, just shows you, you know, how important your career and your health is, uh, especially for these players. He wanted to play on, um, yeah. but Miami didn't want that on their on their roster and the NBA wouldn't allow that to happen. The um, crazy thing too at the time was that he had recently signed a big contract. Yeah. So he became one of the biggest contracts that wasn't playing in the league. They might still be paying him. I can't remember I when th- it he's, ended. He's on an injured uh, yeah. playlist. So I, I don't think he's being paid as part of the cap. Mm. I think he's being yeah. paid out by the NBA more so than Miami. Yeah, there'd um, be some exception made for that. Yeah, it's it's really sad. Uh, he was one of my favorite players to watch. Same. Absolute animal. Yeah. Um, just loved playing basketball. Like, uh, you know, he's one of those players that just played with so much passion. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the mid-range shooting from a big man, uh, he was right up there with some of the greats. Uh, he and was. almost impossible to block. His yeah. release was that high. That's right. Um, but, yeah, Chris Bosh is, is uh, one of the best players to ever do it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's sad that his career was cut short. It really is. Really is. Yeah, he deserves a lot of credit too because he took a role, he took a much lesser role behind obviously LeBron and Dwayne Wade. And from this point forward, whenever there's big threes, there's always going to be the question of who's going to play the Chris Bosh role. And that's that says a lot because he took a lot of the blame, similar to what Kevin Love did yeah. in Cleveland. When the team was losing, everyone would say, oh, should we get rid of Bosh or should they get rid of Bosh and get somebody else in? Is Bosh the right player? It was never a question about LeBron or Wade. It was always Bosh. Um, but he stuck through it, got his two rings, much deserved. Um, and he, he had the backing of Pat Riley as well. And yeah. I think that's a, that's a huge testament to the kind of player he is. Like Pat Riley doesn't give out his blessings to every player that steps on the court. So that's right. You know, the, the superstar level of player that he is uh, still to this day, I'm sure he could still absolutely torch most of the NBA. Um, but yeah, look, he'd he's be a perfect uh, five. Now he would be perfect five. He would be, yeah. uh, he'd get a pretty good role in the NBA right now. Um, so yeah, look, it's unfortunate his career was cut short, but uh, the legend of Chris Bosch now lives in the hall of fame. So yeah, um, yeah, Chris Bosch, absolute legend. Congrats. Uh, last guy that I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm curious to know if you remember him at all. Big Ben. Big Ben Wallace. I knew I was going to knock that over at some point. It's only right. It's Luka Doncic. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Big Ben Wallace. Um, Fear the Fro. During my formative years of watching live basketball on TV, he was iconic. Uh, yeah. Four-time defensive player of the year. That's the most by any player. Uh, including Dwight Howard, who has three. He was about 6'8", six, 6'9", six, but he played like a seven-footer plus. Uh, he was built like a tank. Just such an imposing defensive player. Um, whenever you would go into the paint against Detroit, you knew that Wallace was lurking somewhere. And he made Detroit into, well, not he made them, but he really was the focal point of that defensive monster, the, def- uh, the Detroit Pistons, between about 2002 and 2008, 2007, when he was there. Um, but yeah, much deserved as well. He might be the greatest undrafted player of all time. Mm. And that's saying a lot. Like there's a handful of guys like Fred Van Vliet's getting I'd up there. I need the list. Like I need to yeah. see a list. 
Um, but yeah, like any any undrafted player that makes it to the Hall of Fame is that's unbelievable. It's that's, that's really a true testament to the work ethic yep. um, of a lot of those players. I think you know, um, plenty of people can get their head down when they don't get the nod that they feel they deserve. Yeah. Um, but other players just take it and wear it as a badge, and uh, that's what Debo did. Yep, um, Big exactly. Ben, and yeah, now he's he's in the Hall of Fame. So storied career, and uh, yeah, deserves to be there. Much deserved, yeah. Uh, so now there was some trade rumors, obviously flying around. The trade deadline's coming up in a couple weeks. Um, did you want to run through a few guys? Yeah, uh, Eric Gordon basically asked out of the Houston Rockets along with his teammate PJ Tucker. Correct. Both of them, after yesterday's performance, asked out. Uh, and Eric Gordon unfortunately suffered an injury. Um, he's out for the next four to six weeks. I would say it'll be the longer, um, possibly looking more towards six to eight, um, to to come in sort of right at the start of the playoffs or the play-in tournament. Mm. Um, Semi-hot call there. Yeah, Eric Gordon is a uh, – he'll, he'll, he'll be a help for a contending team. He shouldn't be like your third option. No, he shouldn't. He shouldn't even be your fourth or fifth. Like, should be like your sixth man. Yeah, you can come in. He can kind of plug and play. Uh, play a bit of point guard, shooting guard, small forward, even power forward. Now at, at his size, um, wouldn't be out of the question, considering how many small players are running that position at the moment on the right team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, Eric Gordon may be a pickup for the Golden State Warriors. They may be someone um, that they go looking for, looking for more experience coming off that bench. Um, but yeah, he's he's one. PJ Tucker, the other one again, another one that asked out of Houston. Yeah, um, he'll be a help on any contending franchise. Yeah, uh, corner shooter, lights out, forty percent from the corner. He's one of the most lethal corner shooters in the NBA. Physical defender, yep. another undrafted guy. I know he's drafted second round. My bad. Um, another guy that's made a career. Uh, when he was basically kicked out of the league. Correct. Um, super interesting story, PJ Tucker story. Yep. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is an interesting name. Yeah. Tied to the Miami Heat at the moment. Really? Yeah. Okay, I didn't yeah, that. that. Came, that came yesterday. Uh, Miami Heat are interested. He'll play a bit of power forward for them. Get out of that center role that he's been playing with San Antonio now for the last two years. Fits next to Bam. He I does because they're both they're both mid range kind of shooters, but they can also bang a bit down low. Obviously, Bam can. Uh, Aldridge, I can't remember how old he is. I think he might be like thirty three or something. No, thirty six. Oh, he's thirty six. Yeah, he's, oh, wow. he's an older fellow now. Okay, so we'll take it easy on his old bones. Um, <laughs> keep him out of the paint. Leave that to Bam. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Aldridge, knockdown shooter. It's good to hear he's tied to Miami. I think he actually would fit really well there. Um, that's a pretty cold take. But anyway, um, I don't know where else he might be interested in going. Uh, but warm weather is probably a good place for old bones. So good for LaMarcus if he ends up in Miami. Do you know any sort of like what, what the deal would be? Any rumors about that? Oh, I'd say it'd, it'd have Kelly Olenek and, you know, those kind of players in it. Those Kendrick Nunn. Look, possibly Kendrick Nunn might be someone that they look to move if he's not interested in signing a contract extension. He's probably going to get about 14, 15 mil this offseason. Um, I'd say so, yeah. So if they're not prepared to give him that kind of money, then he could be well part of these trade rumors. And San Antonio would love that. Um, they love yeah. those undrafted guys that are, you know, animals on D. Um, At the same time, just with Kendrick Nunn, like, I don't know necessarily just for that, if they went to the, if you went to the Spurs, they would have a glut of shooting guards and just wings. Too many. Like, yeah. It's like, you too can't many. get enough no, they, time. They need bigs. Um, look, they, they'd, 
The unfortunate thing is Miami don't have any, which is why they're looking for LaMarcus Aldridge. So any team that wants LaMarcus Aldridge, you're not going to get a big in return um, unless it's like Kelly Olynyk, and then they're in the same boat. So yeah, anyway. I, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer there is, but LaMarcus is also off contract at the end of this season. He could probably – look, you'll pick up a mid-level exception next season, um, maybe you know five, six mil. Yeah. Um, but I'm not really sure – what the market's like for LaMarcus Aldridge, I'd say it would be contending teams looking for an extra big. Mm. Aaron Gordon is an interesting name that keeps popping up in trade rumors, has done for the last three years. (laughs) Aaron Gordon is one of those players that you thought was going to be something way more than what he is. And every year you see him go out there, you're like, he could be a star. That's right. He has all the potential in the world. Athleticism. Improved his three-point shooting out of sight. And then stopped. It just hit a wall and that was it. You know, no more three-point shooting, no more Aaron Gordon. He's just been what he has been for the last three years now and the Magic can't seem to get rid of him. They've tried, they can't seem to do it. I think the problem with him is just the fit on on the Magic. He would be an excellent small ball four or five. In the modern NBA, in, in... like even in clutch situations or any situation, really, he can play that stretch position. Um, and if he really focuses on shooting, I don't see why he can't get better. I just don't think the Orlando Magic have been a good fit for him in particular with the roster they put around him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with the right coaching staff and the right, like I said, system, he would really flourish again, maybe in Miami. Uh, I'd love to see him in a Toronto Raptors uniform. That type of thing, because we like to have guys that are versatile in the front court, can defend multiple positions, including the wings and guards on switches and stuff like that. But I just don't feel like he's had the right fit and the right, um, like he hasn't been put into the right mold of player. Yeah. He needs to be pushed. He needs to be motivated. He needs people that are going to make him accountable. And you're not getting that in Orlando. Definitely not. Uh, I feel like they have more this year with Markel Fultz and Vukovic kind of directing things at the front. Um, but yeah. at the same time, that, that's a team that's suffered in mediocrity for the last 10 years and they're just not going up or down. They're sitting very flat um, and this is the perfect opportunity for Orlando to make some moves and, and move off those those contracts. Yeah, um, And Aaron Gordon would be the number one for me. He'd be the first guy I'd trade. Uh, the other guy on that list is Jeremy Grant. Yep. Um, Jeremy Grant has had an exceptional season for Detroit, much better than I thought he was going to be. Way better. Uh, he Way has better. exceeded the expectations set on him when he was in Denver and is now at the point where teams are coming looking for him and, and wanting to get him out of Detroit. Yeah, because he's made something of himself. He, he seems like a legit maybe two or three option, uh, not a number one, hence why Detroit is terrible, um, among other reasons. But... What was interesting is I saw on The Athletic uh, that the Boston Celtics offered multiple first-rounders for Jeremy Grant. Now, Boston giving up first-round picks, don't know if that's the best move for them because they may end up needing them desperately with their roster to continue improving going forward. Although getting Jeremy Grant would be improvement for them because that would really bolster their number four spot, the four, so- uh, the four spot on the on the floor. Uh 
as a guy that can switch between different positions, Jeremy Grant fits in right next to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Switchable. Uh, yeah, yeah, super switchable. And that's that's the offense and defense that they run is just switch everything. Just yeah. switch absolutely everything. Um, players are expected to play multiple positions and, and multiple places on the floor. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy Grant fits their system. Then again, he fits most systems in the league because he can go from a 3 and D guy to a ball handler. Um, he, his distribution needs a lot of work. Yeah, um, he's um, not going to be making plays. He's not, but he can make plays off the dribble for himself, um, for his explosiveness and his athleticism, I think is where he sets himself apart. Yeah. But he has a role on most franchises in the league, so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. You know where I'd like to see him is Denver. <laughs> Great fit in Denver, <laughs> and then he left. Like That's kind of what Denver needs this yeah. year as well. Like It's yeah. a almost like the, there's a gaping hole there yeah. and Denver goes, we need someone like Jeremy Grant. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if we can get someone like Jeremy Grant. Yeah. Yeah. The earned jerseys and earned jerseys uh, came out earlier this season. I think it was just before the all-star break. Um, how do you feel about the earned jerseys, Mac? Um, they're going to earn a lot of trash from me uh, i think we should bucket or brick these okay bucket or brick em. so i mean people can follow along if they pull up the earned there's like a picture that was going around with all 16 of the ones announced yeah so the mavs um i like i don't even want to give it this a bucket. Is a or meh. Br- it's a meh yeah it's nothing i if anything it's a brick because i feel like Could've these so these better. kinds of jerseys are a chance for teams to be creative and i've yeah. said this before and when you put out things like that, it looks like they're away jersey from last year. It feels like they've just gone, oh, yeah, that'll do. And exactly. And it and then off it goes. It's a that, it goes in the that'll do box. Like, yeah. There's just nothing special about it. The Nuggets? I'd say the same thing. That's a brick. Like, <laughs> No, I bucket this one. Really? I actually like this. I think it's it's something different. Um, I see nothing special about it. Like, I mean, it I looks l- different. I like the two-tone. I like the way they've done that with yeah. the white. I, I'm, I'm comparing this to the other jerseys on the list. <laughs> I think if this was compared to other NBA jerseys, if, if I was to put this on a grand scale... It's a brick it's because a it's nothing. Brick. Yeah. But in comparison to what other teams have done, okay. I, I'd say it's a bucket. I like how you're doing that. I'll, I'll try to compare it to these others because there's a lot of trash here. There, look, if I was to, to... None of these jerseys, actually one of them, one of these jerseys would make my top 20 jerseys in the NBA. I think I know which one it is too, but yeah, I'd probably give like two of these credit at most. But yep. yeah, um, the Thunder... Uh, Again, brick, nothing. It's nothing. It's Rockets, the same thing. Rockets, Mavs, and Thunder literally look like the same jersey with different colors. What's their away jersey last year? Like all of them are their away jerseys. If anything, the Thunder one's a little bit different because they felt like it. Uh, But it's not good. Uh, This Heat jersey. Is that going to be your bucket? No. Because I do not like that. I don't know what they're doing there. That is a brick. Miami when, Heat. When has the Heat ever been yellow? I mean, y- yellow can signify Heat, I guess. That's about it. The sun, like <laughs> I don't know. It's just a stupid jersey. I don't get it. I it don't looks like, like a it. Lakers jersey. It looks like a, a Pacers jersey or if, a Pacers. Jer- yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, it's uh, no this good. Raptors jersey. Uh, I'd give it a brick because I don't like the black and purple. I, I like what they were trying to do. 
I liked actually the... They should have just done this all over again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bring that back. That big Raptor logo. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I, I agree with you. I like kind of what they're after with the, uh, the chevron, mm-hmm. with the big triangle. Mm-hmm. But the black and the purple, it's just a bit too... Too uh, dark. Too dark, yeah, mm. exactly. They need some some blue in there, maybe some, some white, just really make it pop. Yeah. Um, but in comparison to these other jerseys, it sits in the middle for me. Um, it's not a bucket. It's not a brick. It's, yeah. I could see what you're trying to do. The execution just wasn't there. Yeah. Um, this Pacers jersey, how do you feel about that one? Again, just like the first, uh, well, the Mavs, Thunder, and Rockets, it's just like a, an away. So, well, I don't even know if it's away it's or home. It's a weird pinstripe on it too. I, yeah. it's a, that's a brick for me. Uh, it's nothing. It's really nothing. I'd say the same for Orlando. Yeah. Like they're going with the logo and the number. Fair enough. But yep. I'm not blown away whatsoever. Yeah. The Nets one. That's uh, a bucket. I kind of like it I because like it. it's got like the pattern on it. Mm-hmm. And then it's also tapping into the subway system in New York with yep. the number yep. and the, the font of the Nets. So that's actually nice. I like that look. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, that's ugly. Uh, I don't like the cream <laughs> look. I get that the Liberty Bell is there from Philadelphia, but <laughs> there's just nothing to it. It's interesting to me. I can see what they're trying to do. I don't love it. I'd, super I don't boring. hate it. It's just like... It's a that'll it's, do. Uh, it's pretty, like the colorway is pretty ugly if I'm going to really yeah. pick on anything. I don't like the cream look. Um, this Bucks jersey, this Bucks, is my top 21. I'd give it a I'd give it a bucket out of this list. It's not in my favorite jerseys. No, this is this is one of my favorite jerseys the Bucks have ever done. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you I like really the, like this one. The antlers? Though? Yeah, I like the fact that they've, they've incorporated a bit more into the jersey rather than it just being a green mess. Like yeah. most of their jerseys are, are so bland and boring. And they they're in such a boring area too. Just true. Like make it exciting. Like make the Bucks something to cheer for. And I, I like the fact that they've incorporated the antlers into the designs on the side. Yeah. Um, it's something different. So yeah. The Celtics trash. Trash. Yeah. Bucket. That's not I even mean, brick. That's a brick. That's a, a trash brick. They should never bring neon green back again. I don't mind this terrible. Lakers one. It's a meh. Yeah. That'll do. Uh, it looks like they're away jerseys from last year. This yeah. Clippers one. Okay, here we go. Why do they keep pushing gray jerseys? <laughs> Who wants to wear a gray jersey? Nobody. I, maybe to sleep. <laughs> maybe as a nightie, yeah. exactly, for your missus. Yeah. Um, it's got a red stripe around the arm sleeve, and that's it. No, it's, it's, just, it's got one red and one blue. Okay, so whoop de doo So... <laughs> Big gray jersey otherwise with the white clippers and the gray. It's just hideous. I thought it was grayscale for when I first looked at it. Picture, I thought, yeah. yeah, I thought like it hadn't been released yet. Or and they were like graying it out. Or they just hadn't loaded the picture properly. Like the <laughs> yeah, data was missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, or they hadn't added gross. the color. They they'd like opened it up in Photoshop and yep. set it all out. And then they were like, okay, what colors do we have? <laughs> Actually, I kind of like it the way it is. Um yeah. I like this Utah one. This, this is, is my favorite one. There you go. Yeah. yeah, I like it. It's actually legitimate. That's one of my favorite colors of green. Like yeah. green's my favorite color. And that one looks nice. It yeah. pops with the yellow logo. And they logo. mixed it up. They mixed it up. They changed yeah. their logo a little bit. They yeah. changed the numbers a little bit. Yeah. And they changed the color of the jersey. I like it. And it's going to look it's, good on Jingle and Joe Ingles. Yeah. So that's a bonus. Because it, it's his color. That's Christmas green. Uh, it's actually Australia colors there. It green is. And, green You're and gold. Right. It is. Beautiful. Right. Yeah. Shout out to um, Joey. This Blazers one's the same story. The Clippers uh, one, it looks the like they forgot here. to add color. It's yeah. just grayscale. Um, they it. pulled all the color out and they were like, oh, that'll do. 
All right. I hate it. Um, uh, just let's move on so quickly from this earned jersey. Thing. Yeah. Buy the Utah Jazz jersey in Joe Ingles with him on the back and scrap the rest. I will share it if you do that. If you buy a Jazz earned jersey, we will share it. <laughs> okay. All right. It's coming out of your bank account. No, I ain't buying it. Well, I'm broke, so sorry, Joe. It's not happening. Yeah, sorry, Joe Ingles gets. I'm not buying it either. Sorry, mate. You're the last person I buy a jersey for. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. You're not. That's mean. No, I really like Jingle. He's actually one of my favorite players. Anyway, moving yeah, on. We have to say that once an episode. Um, Quickest rookie power rankings of all time. Are you ready? <laughs> Go for At it. At number five, Patrick Williams. Number four, Emmanuel Quickly. Number three, Anthony Edwards. Number two, Tyrese Halliburton. Number one. Big surprise. Cole Anthony. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> LaMelo Ball continues to steal the show. Uh, we'll leave it at that. He definitely deserves to be Rookie of the Year at this What stage. else can you say about him? He's a freak. Love him. Great player to watch. Yeah. Going to be a star. I love him as well. Uh, our top five players this week. Number five. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Number four. James Harden. Bit of a surprise there. Number three. LeBron James. Number two. Joel Embiid. Unfortunately, just got carted off or just limped off. Yeah, um, just so hopefully he's okay. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Prayers up. Number one. Nikola Jokic. I'm not a god, man. Uh, <laughs> teams. Top five. So, number five. The Los Angeles Clippers nope. have slipped to number five. Oh, they slipped. Yeah. They, they were fell. number three. They're gone. Yeah. Uh, number four. The Philadelphia 76ers. Number three. The Los Angeles Lakers. Number two. Fall to number three. Brooklyn Nets at number two. Yeah, I, the Lakers falling out of number one. Um, I think they've really struggled without Davis. Definitely. Really struggled. Yeah. And number one, no surprise. The Utah Jazz. They are incredible. Again. One of my favorite teams to watch. Buy those jerseys. Beautiful. All right. Trash. Trash of the week. Trash. Um, you go first. <laughs> Minnesota dying. Dying to trade for John Collins. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's a it's a face palm. It doesn't make any sense. It's trash. They have three good young forwards on the roster, not including Carl Anthony Towns. They have Jaden McDaniels, they have Nas Reed, and they have Jared Vanderbilt. Three good young forwards, and they're trying to bring in Another John one. Collins. Yeah. It doesn't make... What are you doing? And then they're going to have to spend big pennies on him. It big doesn't time. make sense. It doesn't make sense. That is not what Minnesota need. That is not what they need. And they're thinking about pairing him with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. But then what do you do with Jaden McDaniels? Yeah. I... I, I yeah. I, I, Minnesota's kind of like just lost out there it got me fired up like i saw that puppy. and i was like why would you do that I, i'm not even i don't even like minnesota i don't like that team but i was upset fair i like, was upset look, i was like what are you doing to that poor fan base i know i i don't get it either that team has a lot of sorting out to do as we've discussed at length we had a whole episode dedicated to them needing to blow it up and rebuild uh john collins to minnesota doesn't make a whole lot of sense i agree 100 percent. i have nothing else to say there don't do that please minnesota Please don't. It's bad. It's yeah. bad. Uh, I, I don't... I just... You know, it, it, it upsets me. It upsets me that their fan base has to deal with the incompetence of the front office. That's right. I mean, they have actually a decent fan base. Um, as we saw in the playoffs a few times, like unfortunately not that many times in the last 20 years, but 
they uh yeah they definitely have a deserving fan base a loyal fan base it's just they don't have the right front office to to bring them the right players uh, and even when they do have the talent the coaching lets them down or the talent doesn't try hard uh looking at you andrew wiggins um yeah i'd man what do we what do you say about minnesota no nah, it's a basket case and that is my trash of the week them even considering trying to trade for John Collins when they have needs across the board and their best bet would be to clear house and start with $0 on the cap yeah. and instead they want to add another 38 It doesn't make any sense. doesn't yeah. make any sense. Wait, you think he's going to make $38 million? Well, they, he'd get a max extension. For or $38 near, million? No, he wouldn't get 38 He'd get a near max extension, which I think is about 33 for John Collins. He's one-time All-Star. Wow. That's um, insane. Yeah, let me just check what he's actually. I do wish I knew the like the ins and outs of that and like where, because I know like there's bird rights and there's the team that he was drafted by and all this other stuff. But no, he's a he's an all rookie, so he gets a bonus with that. But he wouldn't get a max max extension. He just get so, under the max. So yeah, somewhere he'd get in like, the he get the like twenty eight. Yeah, in the neighborhood of thirty million a yep. year. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, and that's what they're trying to sign up, and it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. He's good, but he falls into the he would fall into the Tobias Harris category of that contract number, where the player got way overpaid despite being pretty good. He'll get moved a lot. Like his career, he'll always be moved around, and you know I hope that he improves to the level where he can become a reliable first option or second option on a team. Yeah, Uh, but for the time being, he's not a first second he's possibly a third or fourth um and at the moment with atlanta playing the way that they're playing and that's you know my next point Mm. um that he doesn't fit anywhere on atlanta uh he will not fit in in minnesota i don't i don't know what you do with john collins but minnesota are my trash of the week not john collins it's minnesota that's fair enough yeah i like that take uh so my trash of the week uh i'm actually going to make this a hybrid into okay. my hot take of the week. I'm curious to hear what you think about <laughs> this. this. Be good. So Paul George came out recently and admitted, I think it was during the All-Star weekend, that he was wrong for saying that Ga- uh, Damian Lillard's game winner against his Oklahoma City Thunder in 2019 was a bad shot. He admitted to being wrong. I think Paul George is wrong for admitting that. I think Paul George was right. It was not a good shot. It was a spectacular shot, one of the best game winners I've ever seen, and I'm not discrediting the shot at all in terms of the, like, it was an effective shot. It eliminated a team from the playoffs, but it was not a good shot. If you were going to look at advanced stats, advanced metrics, uh, what the coach would have wanted, they would not have said to Lillard, do a fadeaway from 37 feet out to win a series. Let me interject. It is a bad shot. I'm not going to let you get away with this. But it was a spectacular shot. I don't think I think Paul George should have stuck to his guns. I don't know where this is coming from. I have two questions for you. Yeah, sure. One, the game's on the line. You have to take a shot from that range. You don't have to you take have, a shot from no, that range. This is hypothetical, mate. Okay, go ahead. This is hypothetical. Yep. You have to take a shot from there to win the game, okay? Sure. Have to. You got Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, and Clay Thompson to take that shot. Who are you picking to take the shot? I mean, you're not going to lose either way, probably. I'd probably take Curry or Lillard. Yeah. If I had to pick one. Yeah. Because I've seen, like, I've seen both of them make it. I just flip a coin. Yep. Okay. Flip a coin between Lillard those two. or Curry. All right. 
My next question is, I've forgotten because you went <laughs> so long rather than just saying Damian Lillard. The point I'm trying to make is Damian Lillard has the highest percentage of any player in the NBA mm-hmm. from that distance. Fair enough. Okay. It doesn't make it a good shot. Did it go in? Of course it did. There you go. That's what I'm saying. There you go. It was a great that, shot. Well, then that's all we but need to say. But it was not a high quality look at making a basket. That's it, the point. But it went in. Yeah. And all, all credit to Lillard. I love that shot. Not only because it eliminated the Thunder, but also because the Thunder had been talking mass, massive amounts of shit. Yep. Uh, particularly Russell Westbrook. Yep. Um, PG wasn't helping the situation. But I, I think that PG wasn't able to admit that he was playing off defense. I don't think he expected him to shoot from there. And there you go. Again, That's I will give Lillard problem. some credit there you go. for taking that shot, like big stones on him for taking that shot. It was not a good shot. Any shot closer than that, percentage-wise, is a better shot. I think that you just need to summarize it by saying, did it go in? Yes. Yeah. It went in. It's a good shot. It was a spectacular shot in the moment. Did he, sh- did he shoot the ball for it to go in? Or did well, he just throw it up? There you of go. Of course he did. Yeah. But I'm just saying Paul yeah. George is wrong for admitting he should have stuck to his nah, guns. No, Paul, Paul George is right. And I don't right. like supporting Paul George. Trust me. <laughs> I'm not a Paul, Paul George, George fan. Paul George is right. He should have apologized because the shot went in and they got eliminated. That's Ultimately, that's all we need to say about the whole thing is that that Oklahoma City team was a basket case and Paul George and Russell Westbrook were not prepared to be eliminated by Damian Lillard. Correct. They thought that they were giving him a bad shot. What they were really doing it was handing him the keys, going, here you go, put up a shot. And it went in. I don't think they expected him to shoot from there. But he did, and it went in. Yeah. Like, I, I get that they weren't expecting him what to shoot the from shot... there, but why weren't they playing physical defense? If they hadn't done their research and stopped talking shit, all, pre- all fucking off-season, post-season, yep. if they had have just gone up and played defense on Damian Lillard and guarded him from half-court like most teams do... I would have double-teamed him, yeah. 100%. That's fair. 100%. That, that's on Paul George. Paul George is trash for not... <laughs> Doing his wow. research that week Bonus and guarding him over half court. Trash of the decade. Bonus Man, trash I'm, of the decade. I'm actually angry about that hot take. No, listen. That, that trash. What if week. that shot didn't go in? Well, then... That's, then you go to overtime? Yeah, you go to overtime and then they but it win there. Been, it would have been like, why didn't you dribble closer to the basket? Why didn't you get a pick? I mean, you could ask that question about any situation in the NBA right now. You could. But let's just talk about this one in particular. I don't think I'm going to convince you that it was a bad shot. That's fine. My point is, it was not a good shot. I don't, I, I don't know if Lillard has ever spoke about it. I'm sure he's proud of the shot, obviously. He would never say he took a bad shot. Damian Lillard is not that kind of player. You're right. But nonetheless, just in a vacuum, that jump shot is not a good look. In any situation. I don't care what anyone says. He's shooting 42% from whatever the hell it is. 30 to 39 feet. Congratulations, Damian Lillard. That's still not a good shot. It's not. There's a three-point line. It's 23 feet, nine inches out, right? You can walk all the way up to that line and shoot, and it's worth the same amount of points. Okay. They were not guarding him from where he took that shot. Correct. That's bad on so Paul it's an, George. it's an open shot. But he didn't expect him to shoot that. No, that, but this because, is the point. How about this as well? What if he didn't even fade away? That would have been a better shot than the shot he took. It still wouldn't have been a good shot. Damian Lillard needs to be guarded from half court. That is Paul George's fault. Okay. Entirely. 
I don't think it was I a good I think shot. Damian Lillard can pull up from anywhere. And we saw it in the All-Star game. We saw it in the playoffs as well. And in the play... Like, anywhere over half court. If Lillard pulls up, the chances are that that's going in. Like, even at 42%. Any shot that I see Lillard take... And I'll watch, a, I'll watch a Portland game with you, and I'll call it when it's going to go in. It feels like it's going to go in. You're right. Every single shot. But it doesn't... So 42% is not even the majority, right? Which means majority of those shots are not going in. No, Correct? but 42% is a good percentage. Is it? From, from over 30 feet. No, I'm just playing with you. So look, <laughs> my point is, it's not, it was not a good shot. Oh. I'm not not going to back down from I'm that. I'm wearing my heat hat because I'm hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am. So that was my hybrid trash and hot take. What's your week. hot take then? Your hot take is that it was a bad shot. My hot, I guess so, yeah. I'm with Paul. Ori- I, originally, since I expect, he went back on it. I, your homework for this week is to research Damian Lillard shooting beyond You just half. showed me. I, I, yes, fine. Yeah, but no. Like, but it's be, not a good shot. Beyond that, watch the shot again and look at the defense they're playing on him. And look at him assess the situation and go, well, fuck you guys. I'll just take the shot then. I'm swearing a lot, but I don't give a shit. We're going to have some bleeping going. Uh, I'm not even going to bleep it. This Ooh. is just, you can deal with YouTube's it. YouTube's coming for your neck. <laughs> yeah, they can. I'm not, they can't have any money because I haven't got any to give them. Um, <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but the, the, you watch him assess that situation and basically stare down the defense and say, if you aren't going to come up and guard me, I'm about to embarrass you. Mm. And that's exactly what he did. And it went in. That's a good shot to me. I'm very happy that the shot went in. That doesn't take away from the fact that it was not a high-quality look at making a basket. All right. Let's just summarize by saying Mac is wrong. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm happy to continue. I have an interesting tidbit here. Okay. Um, something I'm- that I wanted to, to bring up uh, earlier in the podcast, but your boy forgot. Is this your hot take of the week? No, no, no. This is oh. My hot take is coming, but I wanted to, to kind of push this in first yeah go for it i wanted to say that only one point guard has ever won defensive player of the year do you know who that was gary payton yes if ben simmons wins this year does he lose that honor that title my thoughts are no well ben simmons is the de facto point guard that's it philadelphia 76 that's it but but there's like, I hate getting into the, the positions so argument. So do I. Because the NBA doesn't, like, we shouldn't be caring about positions anymore. No. Because offensively, Ben Simmons He plays, brings the ball up the court, but he doesn't play He initiates the, the offense. Uh, exactly. In, you could even argue that Jimmy Butler is the point guard of Miami. Yeah. Even though he's not listed as a point guard. Yep. Same with Bam. Bam runs from the elbow, from the, the top of the apron, as Nikola he likes to call Jokic it. Nikola Jokic brings the ball up the court. Exactly. Is he the point guard? So what's <laughs> what's not. point guard anymore? Yeah. So, yeah. No, look. To answer your question, uh, he would probably be the second quote-unquote point guard, according to traditional ways of looking at it. But I think he's just a defensive player. I don't think he's a defensive no, point I guard. I, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And that was the... I, I only wanted to bring that up because I actually feel bad for Gary Payton, who is a traditional point guard. He's a, he's a player that you know played at the top of the key exclusively uh, and yeah. guarded some of the best offensive players in the NBA across the whole range. His um, nickname was The Glove. And he, he was only 6'3". Yep. Like, Spectacular I, f- I feel bad... That he now has to share that title with six ten Ben Simmons, yeah. who we don't have to acknowledge. He's it. not a traditional uh, point guard. He's not a not a defensive point guard. He's not a traditional he's, basketball player. No, he, he's a wing, a swing man, 
plays in the paint sometimes. Like he's just know, a he basketball just player. Plays basketball, yeah. and I I just really feel well. bad for Gary Payton having to now share that that honor um, okay. publicly. I actually like that you brought that up. That's a good topic. Um, it is. I don't think we should give a shit about the positions. I don't think we should either. When you got players like LeBron, either. I mean, even Durant. Like, what position is Durant? We don't know. No, he can play in. Durant plays basketball. He can play exactly. Just put your five best basketball players out there yep. and stop worrying about the positions. And I think even then, like you, when they're out on the court, you know who's playing where. You know who's doing what. Exactly. Like, you look at the team playing, um, and I, they used to match up one through five. Like your mm-hmm. one would guard your one and, and, and then all the way down. Um, but now it's kind of become, well, your best player is now going to be guarded by our best defensive player and vice versa. That's the way it works. Yeah, yeah. there's no sort of matching up on, on the sides of the court or anything. All right, uh, moving on to my hot take of the week. I touched on it last week briefly. Just a little brief, just a little, just a little boop. Um, but this week, I now believe that the Orlando Hawks should completely blow it up. Wow. Okay. Blow it up. Trade everyone. What triggered this? It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. The okay. whole team, they're not play, playing cohesive basketball. They're trading minutes with younger guys for older guys. Uh, Gallinari is getting more minutes than the younger players on the roster. Mm. It's really bothering me. That comes um, down to the coaches. Uh, I like when you say blow it up. Is there someone that you're blaming in particular? I just think that the the moves that they made the off season weren't working. They're not working. That's true. It's not going to work, and they're only going to lose value. Okay. Um, they won yesterday on a last second shot against your Raptors. <laughs> Tony uh, Snell. Tony Snell uh, took a three-point shot unguarded, uh, but they Way scraped unguarded. through, and the Raptors were missing a couple of key pieces. They were missing Pascal Siakam. Fred um, Van Vliet. Freddie, yep. So to just scrape through in a game like that where all you're missing is DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, the, the balance is not there. Mm. Uh, Trey Young... How do I put this politely? We could do a whole episode on him. We, I think we need to because Trey Young is an offensive freak. He, he's unbelievable offensively. Shooting, playmaking. Yeah. But, and, a, and it's a huge but, he cannot defend anything, anyone, anything. He watches people blow by him. He doesn't defend when he's down low. He just lets players go to the rim. If he's back down, he'll take a foul or try and take a foul rather than sticking in there and trying to defend the play. There are a lot of issues with the way Trey Young plays basketball. What would you rather have? Trey Young's defense or Trey Young's haircut? His haircut. Wow. Yeah. I'd prefer to be Poor you. Yeah. That hair is awful. Um, yeah, and I feel Looks bad. like a rat's nest. That's, um, I think that's uh, <laughs> something he couldn't control. The defense, he can control. <laughs> that's a good point. The hair, he can't. But <laughs> well, he can, but yeah, I know he can. he can. He has to do something about it. He but should go to the LeBron James school of hair. He, he should. Yeah, there's a bunch of players that have done it. He needs to look into it. But the players that I would say that they need to keep are Trey Young, DeAndre Hunter, Onyeka Kongwu, and Cam Reddish. That's it, right? Okay. That's it. Make everyone else available. I like Clint Capella. I think he fits well on that team. Yeah, but that's because Trey Young needs a rim runner. And yep. Clint Capella does that. But why not bring in a Kongwu now and say, okay, look, we're not going to be anything this year. Let's get rid of that ugly contract. Right. And 
let's see what we have here with a Kongwu. He could he should be playing more. I agree with that. I think what happened with the Hawks, uh, and I I kind of dis I I know what you're saying. Like it doesn't fit very well. The front office was under pressure apparently from the ownership to yes. start winning. Yes. As were like Trey Young was probably pressuring as well because a couple seasons ago. He had been saying he needs more help, blah, blah, blah. And Travis Schlenk, the GM, was like, listen, we're going to get you more help. Just be patient. So they went out and they had a hole burning in their pocket to spend some money. Uh, they went out and they bought Bogdanovich. They bought Gallinari. Uh, they got Rondo. Uh, they traded for Snell, I believe. So they got all these players. But they already had young pieces that should be developing anyway. Yeah. Um, at the expense of the young players' development, they brought in these veterans to try to bolster the well, roster. Tony Snell is Chris Dunn they also brought in, who I, I didn't get that one man, at all. But, but Chris Dunn can help them in the backcourt defensively if yeah. he's paired with Trey Young. The problem that this, this franchise has is they bought players in and then they're giving players minutes who can't defend with players who can't defend. Like yeah. They've got Gallinari, Trey Young... And Bogdanovich out there at the same time. That's a lot of those are three players, players who do not play defense. They just don't like yeah. Gallinari six ten. He can affect a shot, but he's not the type of player that you would rely on to anchor your defense. It's really slow. And you put him with like Clint Capella is is putting up insane defensive numbers. He's great, and there is a big reason for that, and that's because they have no one affecting shots outside of that. Like as soon he's as he's carrying a big load, you're he's right. He's carrying a huge load, and I'm I'm really you know, concerned that they've invested all this money into players who aren't going to help them win. And now they're losing value quite quickly. Bogdanovich yeah. scored zero points yesterday. He got zero points, four rebounds and three assists. And I, I think it was about 20 minutes that he played. So he's putting up those numbers in 20 minutes. He was bought to initiate the second unit. He was bought to score at least like 15 points a game. It's bad. Um, it's it's bad. The one thing I would say about this team, and I don't think they're going to blow it up, although I, I see your point, I think they still want to give the team time to come together. We talked about last episode uh, that they had a bunch of injuries. So yeah. they haven't had the time to really find out what works best, even though everything has been kind of awful for the most part. Uh, like Clint Compella has been a bright spot for them. When he was healthy, uh, DeAndre Hunter was really good. The third leading scorer. Yeah, yeah. He, Trey he Young really was good. good. Obviously, or has been good. He's been fairly consistent uh, offensively. We're not going to talk about his defense. And the team has had a whole bunch of injuries. Otherwise, I don't think. I think you're right. The the roster pieces won't fit anyway. Even let's say everybody was playing yeah. and the coaching staff looked at all the footage and they went, okay, this is our best eight or nine players. Mm -hmm. I still don't think that would fit well together. I think you're right. I initially liked the moves. I don't think they should blow it up yet, but it is. it does seem like it's a freight train heading in that direction. The issue that you have is the players that they signed were not bought in to help Trey Young. They were bought in to help the team win. So there's a huge difference here. If you want Trey Young to be the centerpiece, he needs to share the backcourt with someone with size and who's able to defend. Kevin Herter is six foot seven and can't defend. <laughs> Okay, he could be a lot better. You're pairing your best offensive player mm -hmm. and your worst defensive player with a good offensive player and a bad defensive. Like it doesn't make sense. Like the the balance of the roster is off. It's way off. It is way off. It's You're offensively right. skewed, and it's not like the offense that you'd expect. Like it's Trey Young one out, and if someone runs to the rim, then it's a lob. Like that's yeah. not 
that that's not an effective offense to run. It also doesn't seem like Nate McMillan, and this is just my really early opinion. I don't think he's going to be the right coach for them anyway, because he's, he has a very traditional look at things. Yeah. And you can see like, just even with the Pacers, they brought in Nate Bjorken and their offense has flourished tremendously. They've completely revamped the way they, they play. And Nate McMillan is going to stick to his old values. He reminds me a lot of Dwayne Casey yeah. in that he has these values of, uh, like, I couldn't even give you specifics, but he's just going to stick to what he knows. And he has very... He doesn't change. It's and very difficult to evolve. You saw, exactly. it, you saw it in the playoff series last year against the Heat. They lost four games in a row because he, he was not willing to change anything. It was yeah. going to be exactly the same as what they did in the bubble. And he wasn't going to change anything for the playoffs. He thought it was all going to stay the same. Yeah. And they were blown out. They, they were <laughs> they run off dominated. the court. Um, the, the only guy I can see really being a benefit to to the Atlanta Hawks would be to bring in Mike D'Antoni. Mm. Uh, I don't think the Nets will like get let go of him. But no, I they saying, won't. Yeah. But you get what I'm saying. Like yeah. They need a fast-paced offense, and then they need transition D. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the, the Houston Rockets were at their best was in transition D. They didn't have necessarily great defenders on the court. Yeah. PJ Tucker was always their best defender. Mm-hmm. Um, so, look, I'm interested to see uh, what they do there, but I, I think that they need to make a lot of moves and they need to make a lot of moves quickly because those guys are losing value very quickly, very, very quickly. Yeah, I think you're you're onto something. We'll have to see how it plays out, but um, that's an interesting take. It is time for our favorite game. Our favorite, you might not like it, but I'm going to keep playing it because I, love I enjoy it. it. I love it. Uh, we're going to play the shoot-around quiz. The shoot-around podcast NBA quiz. The best trivia game you've ever watched, quiz ever off. heard. Yeah, quiz off. Yep. So I'm going to start us off here. Um, so Luka Doncic was only the second European player to win Rookie of the Year ever. Can you name the first? It happened within the last... It happened after the year 2000. I'll give you an idea. That's you. That's a hint. All right. I'm going to need to think long and hard about this one. Very good player. Um, I'm trying to think of some other hints to give you. I feel like we should get like three hints for tough questions. Yeah, hit me. Um, Can you well, tell me who he played for? Uh, he most recently played for Portland. I can't tell you the rest. <clears throat> What's his jersey number? 16. That's a good hint, actually. That is a good hint. 16 everywhere, I believe, that he was. I don't know if I can give you any other hints. It's not a Nez Kanner. No. You think Nez Kanner won Rookie of the Year? No, that's what I was saying. <laughs> I was like, it was the only one I could think of, and I was like, he wore 11 in Boston. Okay, here's another hint. He doesn't play anymore. He's retired. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, that fucks me up. No, I'm going to have to... No, I haven't even got a guess. Okay, I might try to give you one more hint. Um, he's got two rings. Two rings? He was drafted in 01. He's got two rings. Drafted in 01? Yeah. Damn it, man. Is this supposed to be your easy question? This is probably the hardest of the three. Nah, I can't. I got nothing. It's Pau Gasol. Pau, far it, man. As soon as you said it. I was going to say he played for the Lakers, and you would have been like, Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. Oh, Pau Gasol comes to mind. He's got two rings. Anyway, yeah, he I won. like that. That's a good question. I've, I feel I'm actually, anytime I don't get something right, I'm embarrassed. 
Like I actually I feel the same I know a lot of NBA trivia I'm ashamed But uh, yeah So that's one zip Mackenzie Go ahead So I've got A theme to my questions Okay Today I went with Single game records Okay So the single game scoring record Is obviously 100 points By Will Chamberlain He features on the Top 10 list Six times He was pretty good at scoring He also rounds out The top 10 Level with which current NBA player? Bonus point for knowing how many points. So he's got, you're saying he's got nine of the top ten? No, he's got, so he's in the top ten list six times. He's number one, and he's also level number ten with which current NBA player? So you mean he's at number 10 with somebody else? Yes. He's level with someone else on the same amount of points at number 10 with a current NBA player. <laughs> Can I ask how many points? No, because you've got to get that. Do they play in the NBA right now? They're current, yes. Is it Devin Booker? It is Devin Booker. 70 points. It is 70 points. There okay. you go. Ding, ding. Two points there for Macca. Amazing. All right. Number two. Can you name the teams that Tracy McGrady played for? Your favorite player of all time. <laughs> Can I name the teams that he played for? This is a T-Mac test. This is a, good, this is a good test because I actually, the last couple of years of his career were messy. They were, yeah. Uh, Houston. Yep. Toronto. Yep. There's Orlando. Six. I'll give you six. Yep, so that's three. There's six. Six total. Okay. I triple checked it. I'm sorry. You know what? There's seven. I'm really sorry. I missed one team. Wizards? No. Nope. God damn it. It's all right. Man. If you can... I don't know. We should put a timer on this, but you've got... I've got three. Because after that, it got real messy. Absolutely. Portland? No. Nope. God, say, man. Try to do it chronologically. Who he started with, etc., etc. All the T-Mac heads out there are flaming at you. Oh, my bad. Who are you? Fuck, this was always going to get me. Because my favorite use of him was that, that middle period. Houston, Orlando. Yeah. Do you know where he, where he ended? No, I actually, actually can't. I'll give you that right one. Now. I don't know if it's going to help you at all. But All right, so you got the Raptors. That's where he started. Mm -hmm. You said Orlando. That's the mm -hmm. second team where he broke out and mm -hmm. became a superstar. Mm -hmm. Then he was traded to... Give me a hint. He was traded for Steve Francis. <laughs> I wish that helped me. Uh, Houston. Okay. And then he was obviously playing with Yao Ming for a bit. Yeah. And then that's when it gets really cloudy. So yeah. there's two... Sorry, three teams between then and now when he finished with the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. He barely played. Yeah. He, he's on record as saying he thought he was going to win a ring until Ray Allen did things, which is pretty sad. That is really sad. T-Mac almost got a ring. My poor T-Mac. Oh, bro, I've got, I really, <laughs> I can't even think of anyone right now. All right. So he played for the New York Knicks. Yeah, okay. Briefly. He played for the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Extremely I briefly. I do remember the Detroit days. And he played for the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. Extremely briefly. Yeah. Because it, it was real messy, and he didn't play like. Well, he was he was playing, but he was kind of just like the old man, yeah. and it was like, oh, T Max on the team. Yeah. All right. What do you, what do you got? Um. Okay. 
There are seven current NBA players on the top 10 list of most free throws in a single game. Can you name four of them? Sorry, one more time? <laughs> so there are obviously, there's 10 players on the top 10 list of free throws in a game. Seven of them are current active NBA players. I just need you to name four of them. Most free throws made in a single game. Yes. So you could take a stab wow. in the dark. James Harden. Yes. Has to be on there. Yes, that's one. Uh, God. Kevin Durant. That's two. Um, I want to say Westbrook. He doesn't make free throws. He just attempts No, them. he has the most attempts in a single game. And he has the most misses in a single game, I think. I'm sure he would do. Uh, wow. Um, Devin Booker? That's three. And this is where it'll get hard for you. Okay. Currently active. Carmelo? Nope. I know LeBron's not on this list. I think. <laughs> is LeBron on this list? LeBron is on the list. Shit. Okay. Yeah. So you got four. If you can get the other two, you'll never get the other two. Like, actually the other three. There's three more. Sick. I actually did not expect LeBron to be there. That was a stab. Um, so there's a guy that did it playing for the Raptors. There's a guy that did it playing for the Lakers. Bosh. No, Bosh is playing. And there's a guy that did it playing for... Kawhi? Nope. There's a guy that did it playing for... Oh, well, the Lakers as well. So two Lakers guys and a... Oh, DeMo DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan, yep. Of course. Yeah, he was big on free throws. I don't know the rest. Anthony Davis. Okay. He got 26 in a game. Wow. Yeah, in 2019. And Dwight Howard. Oh, he had like 39 in a game. Nah, 25. Got Is that made or attempted? That's made. He made 25 free 25 throws. 25 free throws, yeah. You're going to oh, ruin sorry. the next question, I didn't mate. I see it. I was looking at the other one. Yeah, so he got 25 free throws in a game on uh, in 2013. Crazy, huh? I can't believe... How many attempted? I, I don't know. That'd I haven't got heaps. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, he would have I had to have attempted. That's, that was the hard one for me. If you had got all seven, that would have been... You, there's no way you would have got Dwight Howard. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know he made 25 free throws in a game. Yeah. Okay, I thought cool. that was interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, You're coming with hard questions this week. I like it. Yeah, they're tricky. I thought you'd get the T-Mac one. I did too, but <laughs> I, you know what? The end of his career was like just such a mess and he just didn't matter at that point. It like, was forgettable. Yeah. Um, you know what's also sad is I don't know if he got the same he, the, the credit he deserved on the way out, but it was that's kind of... I feel like still he's disrespected because he didn't get a ring. You know, like yeah. he was never at that level. Yeah. But, you know, he's still one of the super interesting to watch like unbelievable when he was on his day he was just outstanding killer. absolute killer alright last question I think you'll get this one which active player has scored the most points in a single game <laughs> are you serious is it Devin Booker it's, yeah. with 70 because you came out with that <laughs> earlier one and that was one of my questions unbelievable god damn so there you had go. to pretend that you didn't know the answer for a little bit well no because that question was actually tricky but then I thought about, I was like, active, whatever, 70. I know he had 70, and that's one of my questions. I was like, ah, oh, he's going to get that one. Yeah. All right. One of three for Josh. Yeah, my bad. That, that's bad. I apologize to T-Mac and all the T-Mac fans out there. The end of his career was disgusting, and uh, I apologize to T-Mac and all of his fans. The T-Mac Society will expect you to submit your card next week. Ah, uh, they will. Yeah. Um, which current 
This might be a tricky question to ask. It's, it's yeah, anyway. Which current NBA player is number one in NBA single game playoff numbers for defensive rebounds? Just one player? Yeah. And then they're. Defensive rebounds? Yes. In a playoff game. This answer is probably going to surprise me. It will. This is real tough. Because it's not who you would think it would be. Well, like, there's always guys that come out. Like, okay, so Andre Drummond's been in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's not Andre Drummond, is it? Definitely not Andre Drummond. And I don't think it's Dwight. It's not Dwight Howard. Because it's not an obvious answer. It's probably not Kevin Love or anyone like that. Defensive rebounds. It's tough, man. This is a this is the hardest question I had. Can I ask? Uh, he's still playing? Yes. Has won the MVP award. But has never played in a finals game. That narrows it right down for you. What? Mm. My brain just broke. He won the MVP award, mm-hmm. but didn't make the finals. Mm-hmm. I'm. Who is it? Giannis. Ah. Oh. Giannis had 20 defensive rebounds in a single game in a playoff series. Wow. Mm-hmm. He leads the league. That's the that's the record for most rebounds. I didn't even think of him. Um, I knew you wouldn't because he doesn't play center, and you you would have just been running through all the centers. In I the was league. yeah. That big, was why I thought that was tough. This is another tough one. This is like part two of this name one of the two players that led the NBA NBA. (laughs) name one of the two players that led the NBA in single game total rebounds in a playoff game so this is offensive and defensive combined the player that that leads the NBA in this stat in a playoff game is this like the all time record all time just so you're looking for one, one person one number there's two people tied for number one both of them are active. Just name one of them. Okay, so I'm thinking of centers again. Mm-hmm. Um, what about oh, what about um, what about twenty? Was it twenty six? Bismack Biombo with yeah. the Raptors? Did I get it? Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. there you go. It is. It's busy. 2016 with the Toronto Raptors. He Against put up Cavs. 26 total boards. The other player is Dwight Howard, who had 26 for Houston. I was thinking of saying Dwight, but I was like, I'm probably just going to get Crazy it stat. Because I, I, I looked Biombo. at it, and I was like, yeah, Toronto, you, you'll probably get this one. Look at Biombo go. Yeah. Busy. yeah that, was, that was the playoff series that won him. Well, not won him, but earned him the... I don't even know if he earned it, but he got a massive contract from Charlotte, and here we are. He, he's not... No, sorry, Orlando paid him, not yeah. Charlotte. But yeah, Charlotte and then he was traded to Charlotte. Yeah. Um, he's not bad. He's just not Good. ever going to put up 26 points again. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's the quiz. So let us know how dumb we are, and um, <laughs> we'll do more research next week. Yeah. Um, but we appreciate you guys checking out the podcast this week. Thank you so much. We will catch you on the next episode, episode number 14. That is my lucky number, my favorite number. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, have a good week, guys. Actually, two weeks. 
Yeah. Next week, no podcast. No podcast. It's becoming fortnightly. It will get into a better routine. Yeah. I, <laughs> Once things settle down for us. We have some stuff happening outside of uh, work. Podcast world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and so that's going to postpone us next week. Yeah, it's but, a bit um, chaotic at the moment. Super chaotic. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you guys checking it out. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah. See you later. Bye.